Hello ladies and gents, thank you for hitting play. I want to mention a few points before uh, today's episode. So this in most likelihood will be one of our uh, final interviews that we do. Uh, all the interesting people that I've, uh, want to, I've wanted to interview are either super busy or I'm super lazy to reach out to them, so either one of them. Uh, also, uh, maybe this is me making excuses, but the workload of school is now starting to get to me. Um, I, I, this is a funny quote by a teacher uh, whose name I won't mention, and uh, they said, from September onwards, you will not see October, November, December, January, February, March, April, whenever boats are, right? Um, I, I I think that's that's coming to be true, uh, but 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 other than that, yeah, yeah, this was I I think I should kind of clarify why I did this. So I have been uh, listening to podcasts for a little while now, like six months, uh, and I think it all it kind of clicked in my head. It's like, what is the best way to get my stuff out there, uh, and like really dabble in interviewing people. And uh, this podcast is definitely an amazing way to do so. Uh, you can just tell people, hey, I find you really interesting. Will you be on my podcast? And most of the times, though I've only interviewed three people, they say yes. Uh, and this has definitely been like one of the most enjoyable things that has happened to me in 2020. Not a lot of nice things have happened in 2020. Uh, but who knew it would take a pandemic for me to actually do something productive uh, or put something out there for people. Now, what about today's episode? Well, Shreya is a second year medical student at Queen's Belfast in Northern Ireland. Uh, we've been um, quote unquote internet friends for a little while now and it's been it was pretty exciting to have her on the podcast. Uh, we mainly dabbled in medicine and studying about medicine, applying to medicine and getting to know that part. That being said, I wish I structured this interview uh, a little better. I wish I asked more thoughtful questions. And that in part is my fault. And so if I had the opportunity to go back in time and do this again, I would definitely structure this uh, a little better. So, uh, but alas, we're here and we have this. Uh, this is mainly targeted to aspiring medical students who want to study medicine. Uh, it was also to feed my curiosity about medicine. I have been in close proximity to a lot of people that want to get into the medical field. And so that's why I've asked a lot of questions and asked a lot of questions medical students have been wanting to ask, though I've only asked like two to three people, whatever. Uh, so yeah, please enjoy. And if you actually like this episode uh, or you like this podcast, why not give it a rating on Apple Podcast? Um, that would be that would be a great way to end it like to get on the charts of apple podcast so if you want to please give us a rating on apple podcast and enjoy today's episode bye bye so shreya thank you so much for coming on this podcast thank you for having me so uh i was wondering if it's possible uh for you to sort of give a one minute introduction to like who you are what you do and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, hi, everyone. I'm Shreya. I'm a second year medical student in Queen's University, Belfast in the UK. And I graduated, do I talk about high school? I graduated from Dubai here in the Delhi private school, Sharjah. I, mm, I <laughs> what do I say? Mm, I can't think about 
anything interesting about myself. I think that's it. That's the relevant info. Mm, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. I tend to ask this to every guest that's been on, uh, which is how has uh, the whole lockdown thing been for you personally? I mean, just like everyone else, obviously, very unpredictable times. I don't know if I'm like, you know, obviously my second semester was cut short and I had, you know, online exams and things like that, which was obviously no one saw that coming. And that was much more, I'd say, difficult to study for from at home. And, you know, with like our different time zones and everything, that was that was really weird. Those exams were really weird. But then after that, I have just had so much time to kill doing nothing. And I've been so tiring doing nothing at all. And I've completely lost my routine, like, you know, university routine, getting up on time, doing things and being productive. And I've been really unproductive and tired. So I'm really excited to go back to university, going back next week for the start of second year. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, okay. So how do you do you have like an understanding of how different things will be from like the first year to second year in terms of like how are things going to change in the way you just studying and like doing these because i presume medicine is a more of a practical subject so how is how is that how's that shifting due to the the virus i've no idea that's going to be really difficult as well our university is trying to make as many practical classes as they possibly can but of course it's getting really bad in the UK the cases are much much higher and it's worse so um don't know it's we'll take it on as it comes I guess but for now um most of our lectures are online so like the large group classes are all online so that I, I assume there's going to be a lot of self-studying to do I'm going to have to teach myself a lot of things using like online resources and things like that so that's going to be way different and usually I would sit at the library and then uh and study there and you know if I need reference books or something like that you know our library has it all which of course I won't have now um because our libraries are probably going to remain close or uh, you know the capacity is going to be like half or something um, but yeah that's going to be difficult I'm going to have to teach myself a lot of things because uh, I'm hardly going to be able to see professors and things so I don't know how that's going to turn out but we'll see when I get there I guess but yeah but we have a few practical classes with very small groups of students so that should be good I guess okay I might be studying the obvious here but I presume uh uh, studying in medical school and studying in a CBS school or any other curriculum uh, is vastly different. But I want to get your uh, take on well, how how is it like studying medicine? I guess like uh, I, sounds scary, but how is it actually doing that? I think it depends on your university on the on the method that your university uses to teach. So there are many universities that use like case-based learning, like I think it's called PBL, problem-based learning. There's many um, universities that use completely like, you know, lecture and theory and some universities combine both. So it really, I think, mostly depends on your university and the way that they teach the subject. And so you kind of uh, follow that method of learning. But for me, yeah, it's obviously very, very different from CBSE. <laughs> there's a lot of, and there's, of course, there is a lot of mugging up to do. I think that's for all medical students. But you 
really, really need to understand what you're learning. And there is a lot to learn. Uh, so that changes from high school. But I think it's just, it's way more fun to learn because it's, you know, you chose to do this. Uh, in high school, you didn't really necessarily choose all the subjects. But over here, it's really enjoyable studying something you know you love. And I think it, that makes it easier to study. And I think um, we have some interactive classes, like small seminar rooms where we have our teacher, you know, a lot of one-on-one -on -one studying, which is really, really fun. And um, I really enjoy that as well. Uh, so yeah, it's very different, but it's a very enjoyable experience, I would say. Ah, okay. So you basically have like a one-to-one -one interaction with the professor and stuff. Oh yes, yes, yes. We do. It's uh, so we have lectures, like large lectures and practical classes, which everyone has. Uh, but then we also have we call them seminars. So in our seminar rooms, like our entire batch is split up into groups of six or seven, I think, and each group gets one professor and so we'll be like discussing cases different uh certain very uh, i would say tricky topics and we would practice some questions in those seminar rooms and we have those like two or three every week for different subjects i think those are the most fun because you really really get to understand and so i don't know if all universities have that but queens does so i that's very i don't know if you'll have them anymore which sucks but yeah okay this might be a little bit of a direct question but why why queens why there um first of all the location i think northern ireland is it's, it's a great place to study because it's like nice and quiet it's not as happening i would say as like other places like like london or manchester you know there's a lot going on there which which may be a good thing for some people i think but for me it was like okay a nice quiet and calm environment i think it's just belfast is so beautiful for that like there's still city things but it's much quieter and nicer and i love the location of course things there are much 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 cheaper than like in others places like London, Manchester, things like that. Obviously, things are going to be much cheaper there. So rent, accommodation, things like that are much uh, cheaper. And then also I, their uh, teaching was also a combination of problem-based as well as lecture. Like I said, we have lectures and we also have um, our seminars uh, where we discuss cases and things like that. So it's a combination of two, which was what I really liked. And uh, also there's, we have live dissection classes, which not all universities have. That was another selling point for me because I think that dissection is the best. I really, I love that I chose that because my other choice, I was almost going to go to Liverpool, but then they do not have uh, dissection classes. They only have like prosections. So I'm really glad I chose uh, dissection. But then I think people who take prosections also, I, they, I mean, it depends on your preference, I guess. But I, I'm really glad that I chose dissection because I think it has really helped me with studying anatomy. And um, also the campus is really pretty. I mean, yeah, those are a few of the points. And of course, you 
look at you know tuition and what university has what facilities queens has really really great libraries sports centers and a lot of opportunities to do other sports other than uh, and other activities other than you know just studying so there's a lot that you can do which is great yeah okay um this might get some sort of uh friction from people who i know but i feel choosing this is my overall hypothesis on a lot of stuff but uh especially careers which is like picking a degree this year especially hard since you know we don't really know what's going on in the world and stuff and picking a medical degree seems a bit scary uh and I w- but i don't get that sense from a lot of people uh i feel uh so this might be like a little bit my my perception of people can be su- this is probably super wrong but i feel people are picking a degree such as medicine because it's stable and you know it's like uh, prestigious and uh, maybe not understanding how long it takes though i i could be super super wrong about this and people have done more research than i know of but i i want to get your take on like what made you like take the plunge to do medicine like what was what, what was that incentive and like how was that incentive like brought to you and stuff I think the experience is different for everyone and also I'm only in second year I haven't really done a lot of like you know in hospital like we only do like what I've been for 6 hours maybe but for, until now I think it's been an amazing experience for me I think I'm really glad I'm here it's where I belong for me I never felt like you know maybe it's not for me or anything i never had any doubts about it cuz there's absolutely nowhere else i can imagine myself either like i can't imagine doing anything else so i don't know about everyone else like you should definitely not just do it cuz you know why not cuz it is definitely a commitment uh it's you know you're in it for the long haul it's like another 10 years until you get a proper job job you know and that you're always for the next 10 years I'm going to be a junior I'm going to be learning so it's it's going to be a while until I actually start working and taking decisions on my own completely but uh you're in it for the long haul you know and it's also obviously very expensive if you're an international student so shouldn't just do it because you know why not uh you should definitely do like work experience and things like that i remember i volunteered in like three or four different um hospitals here and actually saw what it is like um you know you would think that you know just because your experience in the hospital is you know has been pleasant you don't you don't really expect it uh to like when you see other patients you can kind of see how it is actually like in real life when you're like watching a patient and a doctor in the clinical setting it's way way different and it was very tra- traumatic uh, and it got like really emotional sometimes which i really didn't expect but i think that kind of sh- showed me the real kind of uh, what i'm really getting into and that that was i thought to myself yes this is definitely what what i see myself doing so i would suggest doing that you know a lot of experience is good even just like working with other people like children i think in like um you know dubai cares and things like that that was also really nice because uh, i was in hospital settings i was always around like you know adult patients but working with children also was you know some people might not like that but 
you have to kind of deal with it when you're, you know, a doctor. And yeah, you might not get into pediatrics, but for like, you know, when you're a medical student and a junior doctor, you're going to have rotations, which might include pediatrics. So you need to learn to like adapt to new situations. And some people might not like that. So you definitely need to know whether, you know, this is really for you. It's not just about studying. It's absolutely not about studying. After two years and you find out that you don't enjoy it, it's going to be a bad time for everyone. Okay. Now, being international, uh, an international student, uh, did you find it particularly hard to like adapt to the various different systems and cultures that the UK have? Or was that sort of an easy transition for you? I mean, I was really excited to to get that, and I think I adapted pretty quickly. I mean, the people I can't speak for everyone, but the people in Northern Ireland are so so nice, and I found like friends and people to help me, you know, like overcome homesickness and things like that. And it was, I feel like for me, it was really easy to adapt to that. Um, it wasn't. It is obviously different, but I'm. I was very excited about that change and you know some people hate change so I know a few of my friends who have not had the same experience and who really would just want to come back home all the time and they feel miserable there which I mean you really need to learn to adapt yourself it's a new environment you're in university and it's it's going to be different but I think you need to be open to that and learn to adapt which is I know it's saying it's harder said than it's harder done. It's easier said than done, but I was really excited to do that. And I fit in really well. I think, I think it's just finding uh, friends and like, I think they really helped me um, get in. And I have so many supportive, amazing friends there who um, I'm close to, and they really helped me. They showed me places around and taught me things about that place. Um, you know, like things like slang, Irish slangs and things like that, uh, and what they do around, you know, where they go and things like that, which is really nice. And so it was pretty, it was, it was pretty easy for me. I like, I really like the change. This isn't exactly a question, though I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Um, one of the things I've noticed is I have become extremely dependent on uh, parents and basically my parents since I've stayed in the house the entire year um and i feel it's going to this might be a bit childish to say uh and i know people are going to bash me for saying this but it's almost it's it's going to be very very surreal or scary or i'm going to have this sense of culture shock if like wherever i go basically right like uh, for college and growing to be independent almost instantly after staying in your house for a year uh yeah i don't know how i would exactly adapt to that but regardless i want to get your thoughts on like you know becoming independent and like you know taking the plunge uh, into going abroad studying and like um, doing a medical degree and whatnot how did you find like uh the experience of like you know, starting in the UK, being independent, you know, doing everything by yourself, taking care of finance, taking care of food, water, shelter, whatnot, right? I, though I presume those things are provided. But what was that, um, you know, experience uh, in a way? 
Yes. I mean, and you I think, need to I learn think... to adapt. I mean, you're not going to have your parents around all the time. So yes, you learn a lot, a lot, a lot of things. You'll be surprised by what all you don't know how to do. You really will. <laughs> and over there, right. like, you know, in school, it's such a closed environment. I feel like you only talk to your classmates and, you know, because you're forced to, you kind of learn together. But over there, there's no one, no one's going to talk to you. You actually do need to make an effort to like, you know, make friends and, you know, get help. And you need to be completely independent and do everything by yourself, cooking, cleaning, things like that. Yeah, you definitely are going to be really independent, even just by the first semester. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> just learn yeah. to adapt to the change. And, you know, don't don't take it like a... a yeah, obviously it is. It's going to be a little hard in the beginning, but you'll get there. We've all done it. Okay. Um, I want to divert a little bit uh, away from the sort of independence thing and ask about university in general. So this is one of the questions I've received from aspiring uh, medical students and the concern I have myself actually um, is that going to university, you are no longer spoon-fed, something I've like, tried to mention before, but like you are independent uh, and that sort of leads me to believe, like, w when you're in school, and uh, you can probably uh, relate to this, but when you're in school, you have a one-to-one -one interaction, or you have some sort of interaction with the teacher. Uh, either you go out of your way to get that interaction, or it's forced upon you when PTM comes around, but uh, you always get that interaction. Uh, so one of the concerns is that doesn't exist at university. So what is, what is what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, it. I'm not going to lie. Yes, it is very, it's different from school. You do get a lot less interaction in, but it's not that hard to reach out. They're really, professors are really, really willing to help. Like after class, you can just stop by and they'd be more than happy to take your questions. Like at the end of the lectures, you can just walk up to them and ask them questions and they're really happy to answer. You could drop them an email and as I said, we have the problem-based classes, seminars, and that time it's really everyone comes up with doubts and over whatever they've studied. And it's, I've, I've got most of my questions answered by professors. And if not, I think it's really easy to find answers online. I think I've always been good at that. <laughs> my entire high school have taught myself everything because school has done absolutely nothing. But um, that's a different topic. <laughs> So I'm really used to teaching myself. I'm I'm very independent that way. I'm I'm good at teaching myself. But yes, when I do have doubts, it's really easy to drop by and ask them. Um, they're not always going to be around. That's what I'm saying. You need to make the effort. You're completely independent. If you want to learn, you need to make the effort to go and ask them. And teachers are not just going to come up to you and say, you know, oh, do you have this doubt? No, you need to study it. You need to ask them. And yeah, they'll be really happy to answer. I don't know if you've uh, mentioned this before, but uh, what is PBL? Um, so for for our seminars, so they'll uh, so in our lectures they'll actually teach us a topic. So for instance, they'll teach us okay, cardiac, um, you know, like diseases, like according to the heart. Okay, so you learn the heart in physiology, suppose. So then we have a physiology seminar. So that was at the start of the week. A few days later, or like at the end of the week, you'll have a seminar. So 
you're already expected to know everything that was in the lecture. And now you have the problem-based um, class for that lecture. So you need to already know that lecture to be able to answer questions in this class. So now the problem-based class is basically like, there'll be like a patient presents with such and such symptoms. Um, and then there'll be a bunch of questions based on the symptoms that the patient has. So it's case-based learning. It's like kind of what you would see in real life as a patient presenting rather than, you know, just studying the heart as it is. So in the lectures, you kind of study facts and in uh, the problem base, they'll give you a case and they'll ask you questions. What would you do? Or what do you think is wrong with the patient? And so you need to kind of know the lecture and then kind of connect the dots. And it's kind of more logical rather than factual. So you need to um, really apply your knowledge from that lecture and you need to explain that. So there's a bunch of cases that we discuss um, and like, you know, some exceptional cases that may come up and things like what you would see in a hospital. That's basically what case-based learning is, just cases of like real life things like that. Ah, okay, so it's like basically being a doctor before you are actually a doctor in a way or something of that sort. Yes, yes, yes. But then some universities, they don't have the lectures at all. They'll just have like complete case-based learning, which I think is not really helpful to anyone, which is why I selected Queens, as I said, because I think both side by side is a healthy balance. But then some universities have only lectures, which, you know, that's kind of the traditional way, like problem-based is re relatively new. Uh, most universities have had just lectures and things like that. And, you know, in the exams, maybe they'll ask you a few problem-based questions. But I think a balance between the two is really nice, uh, which I really enjoy in my course. Okay. I want to talk about uh, the most deadliest of deadliest examinations, which everyone fears giving. Uh, it's the UK cat now known as the UCAT. Uh, so when I was in 11th and vaguely considering uh, this ambitious dream of studying medicine uh, in the UK, uh, which didn't pan out. But when I did have that, I, I asked for your advice and you mentioned, hey, give the UCAT in uh, 11th. And I thought I was, I, I still think I'm like the only one who's actually given the UCAT in 11th, though I might be wrong. So please fr uh, feel free to uh, correct me on that. But uh, you know, I, I've given it, you've given it, and uh, you got a score that got you into me medical school. And I know a lot of people are still due to give the examination. So if you have any sort of general pointers or like, let's start off with like, what it was your experience giving that examination? And then we can maybe move on to the more general pointers. Okay, so first of all, you definitely aren't the only person who... Uh, sat the UCAT in 11th and rather than just 12th. I had a lot of people, I know a lot of friends who did that and that is definitely the smartest thing to do. I regret not doing that. Um, I just thought, yeah, it's okay, I'll do it in 12th. And you know, you don't get a second chance with this exam. But I definitely think I should have done the 11th grade because it's so, the actual exam even, you know, is so different from practicing it. Like you could have practiced for, four months or one month but when you sit the exam it's just it's a different kind of hell isn't it it's horrible it's it's just so much anxiety yes okay i want to give a few pointers to people who are 
still uh, due to give the examination. Uh, one would be don't drink an entire bottle of water before going to the examination out of stress. That um, I don't even know why I was stressed. Um, but yeah, don't do that. Uh, that's a general point to anybody who's like giving an examination. They can't like escape from, as in they can't leave for like a bathroom break. Uh, second would be practice verbal reasoning from the medic portal. Don't use Medify. Uh, third is try try to just calm your nervous before the examination. Uh, if this is like your only attempt or your only shot, uh, then just just don't stress. Even though that's easier said than done, just don't. Because if you do, your score skyrockets downwards. So if you can, don't stress. Again, easier said than done, but try not to. Uh, Shreya, if you have any tips, uh, feel free to share it with our audience. And if they're probably listening this far, uh, they probably want to hear it from a medical student and not from someone who doesn't even aspire to be a medic. So please, go on. I think the timing thing is what really throws people off. So like when you're practicing, don't take your own sweet time. That's, you know, we all were used to the luxury of, you know, reading the whole passage and, you know, really looking at the shapes and abstract reasoning and really understanding it. You're not going to have time to do any of this. Maybe at the beginning of the test, but then what, you, you realize that you, you're running out of time at the end of questions. And I was given this tip by my professor. I don't know if it's true because obviously I did the exam wrong. Um, <laughs> but luckily I did well enough. But um, my professor said that, uh, so the questions that are at the end are apparently easier than like the ones in the beginning. So don't spend too long in the questions that are in the beginning because they're meant to throw you off and take more, take more of your time up. So that by the by the time you get to the end questions, you don't have enough time left, and most people just randomly select a question, uh, like a um, like a random option. So I was given that tip, which I didn't do. I wish I did. I really, really didn't expect the exam to go that way. It's so different. So if you're in 11th grade, I highly recommend please give Siddhi UCAT in 11th grade. So you have an experience. You know what you're doing. Uh, yes, I know the exam is a little bit expensive, but it's definitely worth it. This is not like the SAT at all. It's not like the IELTS. It's not like any regular exam. It's so, you're like, you're on a time crunch. You hardly get to read anything. You don't get to read the question. So definitely, I would recommend sitting the exam in like a year before to really know what the exam is like. That's the biggest step, I would say. And then practice questions, practice questions, practice questions for months before the exam. Uh, what was that site that we used? Oh, Medify. Medify, yes. That I would say that is that is pretty close. Just try to get all the questions done on Medify. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. What What was your uh, winning strategy to writing a person personal statement, or what are some sort of tips you could give to people to write like the best? person statement they can sorry if my my quality is dropping just just a second yeah so like what is like the winning strategy to like um, write a personal statement that gets you into medical school i think of course very cliche answer but it's true just really being true to yourself and not putting a bunch of things that you think that they would like to read i think that's I think they've read enough applications to know that, you know, if you put in like a lot of, you know, I do this, I do that, I do that and that it's 
just stick to the points really they want to know you it's a chance where you can express yourself they don't grade your personal they, they don't there are no points for it you get points for uk cat and things like sorry the uk cat and you know your interview has points so those are places where you do well in but your personal statement they just want to get to know you better so really be true to yourself i think really talk about your interests your hobbies why you actually want to do it you know cliche things like oh since i was like young i've dreamt of being a doctor it's just this boring has been done so many times not true <laughs> or even if it is true i mean that's kind of dumb you sound stupid so just really you know use your work experience what work experience you did to know that you know this is for you because they really just want to know that that you're committed to it and you know what you're doing and you're not just doing it because why not you know they really want to know that you're going to stick with it and you're going to become a doctor and so they want to know why you want to do it and so you can say okay i'm really passionate about this but you need to prove yourself so maybe say okay i did you know this hospital placement which was really fun and i really enjoyed it and i see myself doing that and things like that so really just talk about you know you can also talk about other hobbies and interests like you know maybe you're interested in dancing or something like that and they just want to get to know you a little better really want to see that you're a nice person and you're going to stick with the course that's really it so don't put a bunch of like cliche fake unrealistic things you know just be true okay and to complete the trilogy it's the mmi the multi mini interviews um what what is what is the winning strategy to that and uh, how does one approach preparing for it or how does one approach you know like you know giving the interviews what is what is that kind of process and how would you advise people to go about giving an M- mmi so first of all the interviews are literally what get you into med school i i know it's like great and stuff but the interviews are where you can really shine and stand out from other people i think the interviews are the most important it's very very important to practice it make your friends ask you questions and things like that really really be confident fake it you might be anxious obviously everyone's nervous there but you really really can do so well and get so many points in interviews i think i did really great in interviews even if your predicted marks aren't that great and things like that you get so many points in your interview so in interview your interviews are a really good place to really like sell yourself to them and prove to them why you're good enough right and so the way the mmis work i did all mmis uh, no i did three mmis and one traditional interview so i can speak about all the interviews yes so the ways that mmis work is there are seven different stalls um or how many have a different stalls and so you stand outside each stall uh, depending on where you're starting so there will be six other people with you if there are seven stations so there are seven of you students and you stand outside each stall there'll be a question outside each stall some universities have it outside each stall so you get like 30 seconds or one minute to read the question and then you get in there'll be someone sitting there and then you can you have like 2 minutes or something like that to speak and yeah that's really it so and then you finish answering the question you get out of the stall you have one more minute to proceed to the next stall read the question 
again, get an answer. Same thing, you go on to all of the stalls and answer questions. And yes, all st uh, stations do ask you different, different things. So one can be like an ethical question. Another will be like, I don't know, something totally different. Like your neighbor broke their pot. How will you comfort, comfort them? No, it can be totally random questions. It can be medicine-based questions. But I would say that most universities, at all four I went to, I would say the questions are pretty predictable. Like if you look up what kind of questions they ask, it's kind of the same things. Like you don't really need to, like once you start preparing for it, like within two weeks, you will kind of get, like you, you just keep repeating the same things. Like for ethics, it's, you know, the three, um, the three pillars of medicine or something like that, that's there. And then for other, it's always empathetic questions, you know, how you make someone feel better or how you break bad news to someone, they'll give you a scenario like that. So yeah, it's very predictable questions, I guess. But it comes with practice, practice a lot. I practice a lot with my friends. I mean, my friends ask me questions. I would ask them questions and that made it much easier. Okay. Now, one final thing I'd like to get your take on, uh, which is the 2020 batch that is yet to enter or has probably already entered uh, into medical school. What is one piece of advice you wish you'd known when you were starting medical school or something you'd wish to tell like every medical student that's entering this year? Hmm. That's a hard one. Let's see. Um, I think don't, um, you know, it's, obviously it's, it's much, much different from studying in school and you don't always have someone to like, you know, you don't have your parents or your teachers who are like always with you to like make you study and like, you know, get you into a routine. So I think it's really important to be matured in that sense and know that, okay, you're here for a reason. You've paid a lot for this. You've, you've worked really hard to get here and you need to make that routine for yourself and make that habit for yourself that, okay, I need to get this done. Don't leave things until like last minute and you know, just things like that. You need to actually keep on top of your studies and you are expected to know everything that, you know, if you had a class yesterday, you're supposed to know it today. They might ask you questions and things like, and you're just expected to know that, right? You always need to keep on top of your studies and no one is going to be there to tell you that. I guess you get really used to, you know, being in school and having that, but no one's going to tell you that, you know, you need to do this. There's no homework. There's absolutely no homework at school. No one's going to tell you, okay, go do this for, you know, tomorrow's class. You just have to do it. So it's, it's really hard. I would say in the beginning for me, it was hard for me to get into that routine because I had never been one to like study every day or like keep on top of my studies you know for me it's like okay exam time let's go otherwise uh, it's okay but in university obviously it's very different you need to make that habit for yourself to get into a routine but it's also important to do extracurriculars don't forget you do need to walk go exercise or something like that do something other than studying as well and, you know, uh, in university, you'll have lots of clubs and societies to join. So definitely, definitely, I would say that's a big tip 
join some of your societies, be it medical or not, or any other hobbies that you're interested in, join those. It's a great place to find friends and like meet new people who might not, you know, if you enjoy medical societies, I've joined some medical societies and some not, just so that I'm not always surrounded by medical students all the time. You know, when you want a little stress relief, you can go to your other societies and you have friends there and you can, you know, do what you like. It's really important to have work-life balance, which you need to create that routine for yourself. And it takes a little time, but you really need to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be screwed. So that's a tip. Okay. So I think this is a great place to end it. We've kind of covered all grounds possible. Uh, I, I hope this is super useful to a lot of people uh, who want to apply, want to study and whatnot. Uh, so, Shreya, do you have any final comments for the lovely listeners out there? To any aspiring medical students, good luck. I hope you get in. And I hope you do well. You too are in. I hope everything works out well for you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you for your encouragement. Um, yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, and... Until next time, I don't, I don't, you actually, did I mention this already? I don't know, I have a short-term memory loss, but you might be like the final person to be on this in, on this podcast thing or whatever. But yeah, uh, so thank you everybody for listening and uh, absolute pleasure to have you on Shreya and until next time, next week, next month, next year, God knows, but uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>